Art of the Kickstart, Episode 99. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Hey, creators and Kickstarters. I know it's been forever. I thought I should give you guys a bit of an update. This is a bit of an off-the-cuff episode. It's just going to be me on here. There's no interview. I'm going to be talking about my experience creating Shido Stand, moving to China, and trying to get a product made. It has been crazy. It's been terrifying. And honestly, being on the mic on my own, that's pretty tough too. But let's see what we can do, and hopefully this will help you guys out. If you've read the post on Not Necessary Tips, for startup manufacturing in China, you're going to know some of this already. But I just want to try to share my experience and what it's been like for me, in case any of you guys out there want to do something really cool, move to China, freak out, and make something awesome. So back, backstory a little bit. So I decided to launch Art of the Kickstart because I love creating products. I love those ideas, those inventions, and building something cool. That's what I get passionate about. And I've had back pain for forever. So I decided, F it, I'm going to make something awesome to help with my back pain. I got into standing desks, and I thought it was really cool. But I could never find one on the go. So that's where Shido Stand came from. It's a laptop case for my laptop. I travel. I'm a digital nomad. A lot of you guys are out and about. You're working at coffee shops, co-working spaces. But I want to be able to stand and work. It feels better, honestly, on my back. I'm not sure what your motivation is for your product, but that's what led me down mine. So as I'm going through this, I'm working in Vietnam trying to get a prototype made. Make sure you trust the person you're working with. I screwed up. I made a terrible decision. Trusted the wrong person. Six weeks of prototyping. Nothing happened. So I decided to move out to China to work with a factory that I had experience with. I'd got a connection from a friend. That's a great way to find a factory. There's a couple of different ways to do it. You can look at who you know and who they've worked with in the past. Ideally, that's the best situation, but you got to make sure you vet the partnership as well. They might not be experienced to what you're trying to do. They might not be a great fit. Alibaba is another great choice. You want to make sure whatever you do, though, that you spend a good deal of time finding factories and suppliers ahead of time. So for Shido, I need fabric and foam to make the cushions on side to perfectly protect your laptop. I need the bamboo case. So there's really three different components. Now four with sewing and some of the cushion creation process, which I didn't anticipate. And that's something else that you need to know. When you go and get around people that do manufacturing, you're going to realize, holy shit, I was not ready for this. My design is completely CAD-based. It's incredible. It's impossible. It's Jetson-esque. And you got to make sure when you're designing something that manufacturers can produce it. So building that relationship with manufacturers is going to be pretty critical, guys. For instance, the first time I met with my manufacturer here, Sam, Sam's a great guy, by the way. He's been in the bamboo business forever. And if you need a guy for bamboo products, hit me up. I'll definitely connect you. But he ripped apart my design. This is not the best way to do this. This won't work. There's other ways on how manufacturing works. We're not going to be able to create this. Yada, yada, yada. And none of these were things I'd thought about before. I studied engineering. What the hell? I should know this, right? Wrong. It's about experience. So start talking with the manufacturer 
before your product design is completed. Kushido stand's going to look totally different when you see it, guys. First prototype, you might have seen some pictures of that. That was very much in line with the original designs before I even came to China. And it's super cool to have it happening. But at the same time, it's not going to work. It's a little too heavy that way. The design isn't perfect. And that Mac sexy product that, let's face it, Kickstarter loves. So we made some changes. We made some updates. The new prototype is going to be ready sometime this week before Friday. I'll be going back to the factory and taking pictures of that, doing testing, trying to get everything ready for Kickstarter. Because I love coaching people through it. I love seeing incredible things happen. But damn it anyways, I want to launch my own product and create something incredible. And I know you guys do too. I think coming to China is a really cool way to do that. Or going wherever your manufacturing is located. Because to be honest, it doesn't have to be China. You can make something in the US. Depending on what you're doing, you can make it in Canada, in India, wherever you go. Well, China just made the most sense for bamboo. There's bamboo everywhere here. So one tip, once you start working with manufacturers, you start finding them whether it's via connections, via Alibaba, and just putting out quotes. Okay, side note. If you're using Alibaba, I went through and searched the platform for days, for hours. Don't search for stuff. Don't search for the products you're looking for because there's so much on there. Submit buying requests. For instance, I needed low-density polyurethane foam. That might sound like a massive mouthful. It's basically just really soft, recyclable foam. And I needed to find that. Searching through Alibaba, there are thousands of people that make it. But minimum order quantities are the minimum that they're willing to sell to you. All of those things dictate who you can work with. Pricing, etc., etc., location. If you submit a buying request on Alibaba, then people, factories out there that are actually actively looking for customers, they will reach out to you and say, here's a quote, and they're always going to give you a shitty number. Make sure you come back at something lower. Always say, can you do better? Other manufacturers are giving us better prices. And typically, you'll get a better price. Because don't forget, rule number one, manufacturers want to screw you. They want to make as much money as they can. But at the same time, they want to see you win. Because if you win, they're going to get that repeat business. They're going to try to lock you into those long-term contracts. Well, not contracts per se, but if you're winning, you're making money, they're making more money. That's kind of the, the essence of the game. So you want to make sure you build a great relationship with them. And one thing that I think is really interesting is sourcing agents. So a sourcing agent, someone you can work with, you could be based in the U.S. and have a U.S. sourcing agent over here in China working for you. They're going to go to the factories. They'll find who you need to work with. They'll be boots on the ground helping you just get everything in line. Because honestly, there's so much that you need to deal with. Just yesterday, I met these two guys, Jason and Jacob. They run Platform 88. We're going to have them on the podcast later on. But they were just talking through all of the massive challenges that Kickstarters and entrepreneurs have when trying to launch a business and manufacture in China. It's a nightmare. It's a headache from all the regulations around retail, factory creation, finding who you need to work with, legal documents. These guys are working with Smash Cup. They're working with Brew Grind or a ton of the big beverage Kickstarters. They know what they're talking about, and they really helped me out. Which is another thing. When you're over here, there's not going to be as many people in your circle of influence. So try to get out and meet new people, whether it's going to other factories and looking what they have for private labeling. Just goodness gracious. I walk into my factory and I see hundreds upon hundreds of different types of bamboo products. And they all look incredible because, let's face it, that's bamboo. But if I want to put out a line of bamboo products, 
I can just look at what my manufacturers created before and put my label on that or make some variations, improve upon it, tweak, and just create something incredible for Kickstarter and something incredible as a second, third, fourth product, which is what retail companies are going to want to see. They want to see a brand, not just an individual product because a product isn't a business. It's just a cool product. Once you know who you want to work with, send your samples to the manufacturer. If you're in the U.S. and you're trying to get samples of fabric, you're trying to get samples of foam like I was, those are really, really cheap commodities. But shipping's not. Shipping is a bitch. So even in Vietnam, I was paying like 30 bucks to get something shipped to me. 30, 40 bucks. And they're really not even that far apart. To the U.S., even more expensive, even longer. In China, I had three different samples show up from three different factories. Same day, same express freight. Took about two days and I paid $5 total for all three samples combined. You'll save a ton of money. You can also ship direct to your manufacturer so that when you show up, you can just go to the factory like I did and say, oh, here's the fabrics. I like this. Ooh, this foam feels pretty good. I think we're going to use this for the case. And make sure that you have everything there. That takes away the hassle of how much you need to bring over with you because let's face it, airlines are also looking to screw you. Those are really big baggage fees, right? So. Let's see, other things that have been interesting about China. So when I arrived, I wasn't ready for it. I anticipated way more English than there was, and there is not. So if Thailand and Vietnam had little English, China, where I'm located specifically, is abysmally low. I am the only foreigner in, well, the entire real community that I'm in. Typically, I'll go an entire day without seeing a foreigner. And some people do have limited English. But also at the same time, even though it's really hard, it's kind of cool because you're going to get in a situation that pushes you and you really only grow once you're pushed. At least that's what people tell me. So I'm trying to push myself. I think it might be beneficial for you guys too. I'll report back on that later. So, oh, housing, that was something else that's interesting. So how long are you going to live here? Are you married with kids? Because if you are, it's really hard to come over. Maybe you come over for like a Canton Fair, which is actually about to occur in the next two, two, three weeks, which is a huge sourcing agent or a huge sourcing expo here in China. Manufacturers all go to Guangzhou and you can basically find people from electronics, home goods, everything that's made in China. You can go make relationships, get products created. That's a great time to go. If you're thinking about it, it might be too late at this point for you to get ready. But if you're going to go, you're going to need an interpreter, someone to help you out with all of these arrangements. If you're like me and you're a little stupid and you're planning on just moving over here, then make sure you figure out what you're doing ahead of time. I'm here for a month. A month doesn't really work for renting an apartment. Hanzhou is a very high-end city, not where I'm located. I'm very far outside the city. But at the same time, they want long-term contracts. And most places in China are going to want that. So you need to find a way to live somewhere. You don't want to live in a hotel for a month if you can afford or if you can help it because it's going to get expensive. Hostels, same thing, some other issues. I was incredibly lucky to find a friend on Facebook. Well, now he's a friend. At the time, he was just some cool Chinese guy that I'd met. And now I'm living with him. I'm literally his roommate for a month. And this guy is super cool. He's launching his own factory. He's a sourcing agent here in China. And he's working on import-export stuff. Things I'd never even anticipated. Suddenly, I'm helping him get his business in front of people. He's helping me with some of the manufacturing, with getting better pricing on my products, and everything just works out. Kind of cool. 
Maybe we can start a business in the future. But just keep that in mind is even where things are hard, you're going to find some cool, some cool situations. Now, let's say you've gotten to your factory. You're finally there. Everything's negotiable. So people are going to give you prices and those prices are going to be way higher than they should be. Remember, manufacturers want to screw you, but they also want to make you succeed. And you have to feel the same way. You've got to screw manufacturers and at the same time help them to succeed. Because if you don't both win, the relationship's not going to prosper in the long term. And ultimately, you're going to need to find yourself a new manufacturer. And that's just a headache for everybody. So try to get the best pricing you can without pushing too hard. If you push too hard, typically factories are going to say, okay, we can do this. Okay, we can do this. Okay, we can do this. Make sure you vet that kind of stuff. Because if you tell me to do something and you keep telling me to do more and more and more, but you're not going to pay more, you're actually going to pay less, the quality is going to go down. So you want to make sure that you're managing the quality of your product. This is not something I'm super experienced with. I will not lie. But from what I've spoken with with people here is that factories will keep giving you better prices, but you're going to get screwed in the long run. You want to have the time on the manufacturing line. You want to make sure that they're looking out for you. So try to build a rock solid relationship that way. Whether it's spending some time with your manufacturer outside of work, whether it's just getting to know them a little bit better, find out what they like to do. Try to be not just cordial, but try to be friendly with them. And obviously, this is a business relationship. You have a ton riding on this. I know I do. Make sure you've got some backup plans. I have two factories right now that I'm working with on samples. Let's say, let's say the guy I'm working with, that guy I love right now, and he's doing a great job. Suddenly, in the future, he decides, you know what? I think I can get a little bit more money out of this guy. Or maybe, oh, God forbid it, but he gets hit by a bus or his factory goes down or something terrible happens. You want to have a backup plan in place because it's like a linchpin. When you're an employee, there's one person that can fire you. If your manufacturer can fire your business, you're in trouble as well. So have somebody else lined up for not just your manufacturing, but your supplies. That's what I'm doing now is get a huge spreadsheet. When you're going through Alibaba, you're getting all these quotes. Don't just see them go with the best guy and ignore the rest. Write down all the ones, get information from them, and try to connect. Connecting, depending on where you're located, will be easier on Skype because it's going to be faster on the response times. In the U.S., there's the 12-hour time zone difference, which makes it a bit challenging. But by being over here, you can definitely expedite that process. At the same time, though, production prototyping takes a while. So I've been here over two weeks. I've only gotten one sample so far produced. There's about to be two more completed within the next week. But at the same time, you're going to have some extra free time around that. So whether you take that to channel it into the business, you really work on prepping your Kickstarter, you really work on some of that stuff that you need to crush it, you could even, oh, God forbid, be a tourist and have some fun. That's one thing I've really been trying to do. And I know it's something, I don't know if it's something you struggle with, but it's something I struggle with is turning off from business and enjoying life. I found that the people that are most successful in business typically are also the ones that are, that are happy. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for having, having a life worth living, not just a business worth having. So I try at least once a week to go out and see the city, try to be a tourist, try to get outside my comfort zone, because I think that's kind of, like I said before, where you're going to grow. So I don't know if this has been helpful at all for you guys, but if you're going to China, there's so many great resources ahead of time that you need to check out in order to really maximize your time there. There's a little bit on our site. There's other podcasts and blogs. We're going to have more people on here in the future. 
Matt Kowalik's episode that we had on China sourcing. Just make sure that you know what you're doing ahead of time, you know what your goals are, and run from there. I think it's definitely a great experience for you, especially if you can get out here for something like a Canton Fair. But remember, do some research ahead of time. That's going to help you be way more efficient while you're over here, overcome that jet lag, and just maybe create something amazing. If you guys want to hear more episodes like this, where I just kind of ramble about something that is probably pointless, but might just help you if you're planning on going to China and creating something amazing, then just let me know. Leave a comment on the blog, subscribe, let me know what you're thinking. And again, I'm over here for Shido Stand. I would love your support on my Kickstarter, Shido.co. That's S-H-I-D-O dot co. It's the world's first laptop case that converts to a standing desk. I like to travel and work while I'm standing. I hate sitting. Kills my back. I don't know about you, but if you're in the same boat, check it out. We're coming to Kickstarter soon. Have an incredible week, guys. Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you like the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely epic day.